Whenever you're, I'm ready. Whenever I'm ready, that's when we do this. Let's go. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Wrestling Paradox Podcast. I'm not Joe. I'm Blossom. <laughs> that's Chris Thrasher. And uh, we're bringing you a little bit of a different uh, side of the Wrestling Paradox podcast, a little different insight and uh, maybe some throwback stuff. And uh, we got some we got some cool stuff planned. So join us for the ride. And, yeah, uh, Joe's going to be down and out for a little bit. He's got T's and P's going to him. He's got a little health issue going on. So, But we're, we're feeling good. We'll do just fine, and Joe's going to be just fine, and we're going to be just fine, and what we're doing today is just fine because it's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But before that, because I'll start rambling, let's get the logistics out of the way. M&J Ecological, call Marcus at 305-697-2258. It'll get rid of your iguanas, pests, anything that's bugging you in your backyard. Oh, it's a play on words. Did you like that, Chris? <laughs> And also, don't forget to um, visit uh, CCW Wrestling on Twitter, CCWFL, and on Facebook at Coastal Championship Wrestling. Subscribe, like, all that oh, good yeah. stuff. We definitely need it. And we're on Spotify. Find us on Spotify. We are on Spotify at Wrestling Paradox Podcast Search. I believe the La Brava episode is up. Dust Incredible is up. Was was just an incredible episode. If you I listened to both listen to both and I, th I still think I thought um, Jackal was one of our good episodes because it was just funny and hilarious but this La Brava one like was very very like well it just flowed yeah no the, it was uh, the questions were good and she uh, she's very uh, she's a good mind for for what uh, her and controversial are doing and uh, what just, uh, just generally what's what's going on and uh, she's she's cool and uh, I, I I have a little bit of a uh, spent a cup of coffee in the in the CCW locker room here and there, and I've, I've talked with them, and they're they're really cool. Uh, I think they're great workers too, and uh, they put together some really cool stuff. So that was a cool episode. Jackals was definitely a Jackal Stevens episode. Uh, yeah, basically what I expected from Jackal. <laughs> what I expected. That one can't go on Spotify. It has to be a visual. Yeah, you can't. You're never. You're just. <laughs> that, that is true. It will just sound like a. Like an interview that's just not going correctly. Right. But, but right. You see it. You know, oh, it's going correctly. It's, yeah. um, it's going just as planned. Uh, yes. So sick. Well, uh, Chris, do you want to tell them about our uh, topic today? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Slauson and I are really like minds of old wrestling and, you know, and documentaries and shit like that. So we've grown accustomed to watching Dark Side of the Ring. And we wanted to give our synopsis of it our you know our reaction to it through a fan's eyes so tonight we're going to touch on i think one of the best episodes um that they've done and it's the owen hart yeah and uh owen hart uh is just um dude owen's up there i mean my favorite wrestler is terry funk but i think second place is 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 a constant battle between like uh owen hart and chris jericho but uh but Owen Hart is my, like, uh, it's, it's great, too, because every time I think of Owen Hart, I, I only really think of uh, the first time, like, my family watched wrestling growing up, a lot of old school uh, FCW fans in my family, we grew up in Florida, so, um, 
and uh, I would watch it here and there, and like I, I was into it. But the first time I really like, if I think back to where I was just sitting there, and like I just wanted to watch wrestling, uh, it was I turned on Raw. I was slipping back and forth between Raw and, and Nitro, and uh, Owen Hart was uh, it was the King of Hearts kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was just mesmerized by that. There was another part of the episode that had Undertaker on it, and I was and I was always a WCW kid, so that was the first time I really like got i think both sides both like uh because at the time wcw is still like sports like which is why i like mm-hmm. and uh wwf was still very like uh lights uh, the production value i like both of them um, mm-hmm. and i think owen hart changed my perspective on wrestling i started watching both more and that's i just watched more wrestling all because of owen hart yeah i think once he dropped that gimmick from the 80s and 90s where he was with coco beware and everything like that i liked it, i liked what he wore though uh, yeah, I like what he wrote about that game. But once he dropped it, I think his just career just skyrocketed. Yeah. Because it was just, it, it was so natural to go into a tag team with his brother and then turn on his brother. Which is like so- one of the greatest feuds. Like, it has to be. Like that, uh, the cage match, the the going back and forth, um, anything brother, anything family related is always really good. But do you think, uh, it's interesting that you said that it took his career off do you think it was because he got with brett or was because brett was looked at as more legit and now that owen was kind of dressing like him keeping up with him um i think i can see it both sides actually from like a triangle from the three sides i think the coco beware tag team was holding him back because coco was at a certain age and owen was still young so he couldn't if coco is the bigger name you're not going to have him go higher so to speak um, I think it's a double-edged sword when it comes to the Brett comparison because Brett is Brett, but Owen's the better wrestler, but he's, he would never be better than Brett. You know, and I, I never understood that. I always looked at it as, um, and we're going off uh, maybe a little too much on, on other stuff, but who cares? Uh, I always thought that, um, Owen was, was better than Brett and, and Owen was the better talker too. So it was always like, uh, people always talk that, that the one thing that held Brett Hart back just even the tiniest bit was that he wasn't a good talker in a time when he needed to be, but Owen was the better talker. And once he was there, like, I never understood like in a different world, I guess in my world, that feud that culminates with them fighting with each other, that, that would shoot. Uh, that would be like Owen's push to me. Right. But, but I also look at it as because uh, I'm a huge Kurt Hennig fan and he falls under that same category where he never had a, uh, a world title. But uh, it's because they, they, they always say that they didn't, they didn't need it. Like, mm-hmm. And, you know, like Owen had the slammies and all that funny stuff. Like, um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I think it was always odd to me that he wasn't pushed. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they gave him the, the IC, they gave him the European, and I believe they gave him the light heavyweight and yeah. the tag team. Um, funny story, fun fact about that um, Brett Owen feud that the, the blow off was the steel cage. Well, by far, one of my favorite steel cages. I love the blue. the blue cage. Do you like yes. the blue cage or do you yes. like the attitude era cage? Yeah. No, I love the blue cage. It's, I think it's cool, you know, and you can see through it. So it's not like, yeah. you know. And it's actually like, a, it looks more like it, like it would, like it would actually hurt the fuck out of you. Like, yeah, it looks steel. I never understood that. Like that, like that one was so much more intimidating because it was just steel yeah. together. Like it wasn't a fence. It wasn't chicken wire, or, yeah. you know, or anything like that. But a fun fact: 
leading to, I think it was at SummerSlam was that match. Um, leading to that, I saw them work that same match at the Miami Arena. Oh, nice. Uh, on that card also was The Undertaker versus Ultimate Warrior in a body bag match. <laughs> was that like a, a, a body bag? They never did that on television, though, right? No, no. That That's match. why I was like, huh? Like that type of match, like that stipulation. Yeah. I think and, maybe WCW. Did WCW do it? Um, I know Evolve did it with Ethan Page and Darby Allen. Yeah. That's when Ethan Page broke um, Darby Allen's elbow with a shovel. Gotcha. So, but um, but yeah, that's that was a little fun fact. Um, but the body bag match back then, with what's different now, I guess have you ever seen, is nowadays you have to pin the opponent, then put them in the body bag. That's you know like the, <laughs> yeah. but back then it was you had to go into the body bag first. You had to put a struggling, a struggling man into a body bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so like that, that was, I was like, what? Yeah, that's a that's like a ambulance matches or a stretcher. Any yeah, stretcher matches. Anything on a pole match, like. <laughs> and you know, um, you were talking about cages and everything like that. Uh, did you watch Blood and Guts last week? No, I, I was uh, I was at I was at oh, training. That's right, that's right. Um, well, if you saw highlights of it, their cage was almost like a traditional war games cage. It wasn't fastened at the ring. So it would shake away from the ring. So you had like Ortiz get thrown in the cage and he fell to the floor. Right. And, and Sammy got stuck in between the apron and the, and so it was like an old style eighties. Yeah. Like uh, war games. Yeah. Traditional war games. Yep. Which I always thought was great. Like um, I was telling that joke, I think, I think even to Joe the other day, uh, we were joking about like, uh, I was quoting the, anything can happen in the world wrestling federation. <laughs> I was like, why would he say that? It's so not like, it was clearly not true. Like WCW right. had pay-per-views with three rings, two rings. Like anything can happen in WCW. Not here. I know what's going to happen here. That big guy's going to sit on that guy, and uh, there we are. So, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's get back to topic here. We we started rambling off. We will, we'll you, you and I will get together and we'll ramble about just yeah. random stuff. Um, so, Owen Hart started. You know, in the Hart family. You know, trained under Stu Hart. Uh, in the dungeon. Now let's go back to the dungeon. Let's just think about all the wrestlers and all the talent that's come out of there. Yeah. Like that is, that is a performance center dojo before it was even a thing. Yeah. They were ahead of their time. Uh, <laughs> Stu Hart, Stu Hart had a vision. Uh, you know, but you know what I think is the, the really like uh, the obvious strong suit, but it's just a, uh, I don't know. I think those guys came out because you mentioned the names. Like I believe, uh, I believe Benoit went through there for a second. Uh, um, Jericho, Jericho, Lance, Lance Storm. Did Lance Storm? Mm -hmm. go? Lance Storm went through there. Um, and some, somebody else, somebody else that Jericho just saved went through there. Um, oh, British Bulldog, Bulldog went through there. Yeah. Um, Jim the Anvil, Nightheart. Uh, you know, basically all the daughters' husbands went through there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, the thing is, uh, with that is uh, the dungeon always fascinates me because you you had Stu Hart that was just like a grappler, so like he was just the famous things you hear of them getting stretched and and all those guys, the, the people we just listed can work technical matches. Have had obvious like great classic matches. Everybody on that list has had one greatest match of all time at some point. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but the thing that always is like, where did those uh, 
like those personalities because all those guys were also like talkers they weren't like just silent guys they were they they were in main storylines and, and they could carry a, a scene so to speak like like whether in pre-tapes or, or carry the story in a match uh like did, did Stu Hart do that was Stu Hart like the super animated like i mean no <laughs> he, he was almost like the canadian version of like Vern gagne yeah yeah you know but it's, but it's cool to me that like these guys were so animated and they they trained there and then they just learned it on like they learned their own it's Weird. And you want to know what's upsetting is like the one that had the most charisma had the most out of ring problems, and that was Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Yeah, I mean, if he can just like wrestle in his wrestled in his demons, so to speak, um, I think he would have gone further in the WWE. Um, maybe not like to the tippy top, but he would have made you know an icy run like solo. I think if he would have been you know, rest, you know, got his demons under control and is off the, you know, out of the ring stuff um, under control. Uh, he would be in the British Bulldog spot. Oh, for sure. I also think, uh, I think British Bulldog gets, like, cause like you, you look at the hearts, the hearts as you see it, like the hearts on television in WWF, cause there's, there's a bunch more, but mm-hmm. uh, all of them had to, you know, do the, like the heart thing, but British Bulldog obviously didn't have to because mm-hmm. he was English and he wasn't really part of, like he married in. Uh, but, um, but the anvil, I felt like that was something that they should have did for him. Like, I feel like the anvil was just like the, uh, it's like you, you have like a, like a, like a, like how they have say tag teams. Like there's always, there's always a Marty Jannetty. There's always a mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels, uh, which is like usually the analogy. And like a threesome, there's always, there's always like one really serious one, Brett, and then there's always like one like like legit like like wild card, but but you're you you know he, he can get stuff done, right? And, and then there's this guy, oh yeah, he's there too, and I was just like I felt like that pigeonholed them into that only because he had to do that gimmick. Mm-hmm. I think his like what you said, like his charisma would have been in a time where they were giving people just like random crazy gimmicks. I feel like he could have made like one of those work for him. I mean, I don't know about Mantar. I, I, I don't think anybody can make Mantar. I don't think if you actually somehow genetically made a Mantar and got people to like, and got it trained and like got it to go out there. I don't think, I think people would still be like this. This makes me uncomfortable. I don't want this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're moving on a little bit. Um, I, I want to talk about like, what do you think Owen's, you said you spoke on that you Brett and Owen was the biggest feud. That was their his best feud. What do you think Owen's best run was? Oh, because it's it's gotta be a, it's gotta be a tag one, right? Because that was when really when he was like at the high, they were on all the big shows, and that was like that gimmick was really over with him and uh, him and Yoko. And mm-hmm. I, I love that. Uh, that was that was really good. That was that was definitely. Um, Cause like, if you look at runs, like you have to think title runs and there's not really like uh, I think his tag run was, was the most memorable. Well then, but then if you also remember, he had the tag belts and he also had, or was it the IC title or the European title at the yeah, same yeah, time? Yeah. Um, so they were kind of like, there's a, there's a part in a 97 raw episode where he's coming out and it, he has the European belt and the IC and like, he comes out with the tag belts and he's got all the slammies. 
And he's yeah. on the ramp, and they cut they cut to him at the perfect time, and the camera's right next to him, and he and he looks over, and he goes, "We're winners!" And it's just, <laughs> it made me pop every time. I, I love Owen's like simple like phrases that he would just yell. It's so good. Yeah. Um, also, you know, I know we're jumping around, but um, this episode really. What I like about Dark Side of the Ring is it goes in depth and it goes in depth past just the wrestler. It goes into the person's life. Um, they did it with Brian Pillman last week on. He could live the gimmick, but outside of it, he's a real person. And I even though he had, you know, you know, adult committed adultery, you know, and everything like that. And he had all those kids. He still loved the kids. Everything what he did was for the kids. And um, Owen was like, this happened. 30 years ago and Owen was the same way. Yeah. You know, Owen put his his kid first um before anything. Um ultimately this could have been the demise. Um that's what they were talking about in on this episode. Um that he was looking to spend more time, you know, at home and everything like that. Um so but that's what I there's a true testament to the character of Owen Hart. Yeah, yeah, and he was one of those guys that can uh, that can like uh, step away from it and, and be in a different like. He doesn't always have to be uh, be Owen Hart. He just like even if he is Owen Hart, but he's not the king of hearts like at home, which was always refreshing. Here, all my fa- I, I feel like all the guys that that I really like uh, gravitated to are later in, in life that I started like watching over again, like as a student, is uh, is is guys like that, like that were able to just like be quirky and funny, but like they were like just be normal, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mean, they're human beings. That's all they sure. are. You know, they play a character on TV, but you know, at home they're totally different. You know, uh, I always say that. Uh, you know, it's my motto. I say this on the show all the time: is uh, wrestling is in. Don't know. Say it again. We'll cut. We'll cut. Oh, uh, I said. Um, like I say every week on the show, um, wrestling is an escape from reality. Yeah. Basically, it's uh, it's no, that's the perfect way to, to to look at it. It's like uh, like any, I mean, any form of entertainment. But uh, and like like I said earlier, like why I liked it was like it's like sport, but it's also creative, and it's it's just a it's a different way to look at things. It's fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Now we you know we talked about the dungeon and everything like that. What I loved, uh, one one of my favorite matches of Owens was him and Ken Shamrock in oh, the sorry. dungeon match. <laughs> You like, uh, yeah. you like the dungeon match better or the lion's den match? Um, the lion's den wasn't um, too appealing to me because it wasn't really like a cage. Yeah. It looked like one of those balls in the circus that the motorcycles just go in a circle. It looks like a, a giant version of what you wash uh, lettuce in. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's what it did. Yeah. But, uh, so, <laughs> which I don't, because I think that, that was a, uh, the Lions Den match was like the last match in that series, right? Because mm-hmm, yeah. the, the dungeon match was way cooler and way like stiffer and like way more entertaining. Like those guys get the shit out of each other in there. And uh, I always thought it was weird. I felt like that should have been the last. That, that should have been the last. Mm-hmm. That should have been the go home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the pig pen match was better than the Lions Den match. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> they had a couple of them too. I forget. Uh, Ken Shamrock with a uh, Dan Sever and Triple H says I'll run it. It's a super weird match. It's yeah. And all those. Uh, I feel like they didn't know what they had. But I've also listened to uh, to to a bunch of stories that uh, they were. Uh, some of those guys were kind of difficult to deal with so that made it into it as well not owen and ken <laughs> i think owen and ken were like 
the most easy to deal as far as like talent relations uh, than the other guys. But, um, but yeah, I think that's what made that. Cause it, it seemed like they, they wanted to do this really, really go all in with the storyline, but the, it was like not pulled off. Right. I don't know. It was not like you know, how they usually do things, which right. is uh, why I feel like that, that, that storyline, him and Ken Shamrock is, is really good. And uh, it's when he doesn't have like really belts or anything. It's just, it's just them kind of, hating each other and it was like part of the attitude era so you saw owen get kind of grittier which yeah was pretty good um which i feel like he he played that well um i think i think he would have he would have like really i've never actually thought about this i just thought about this right now he, he never went through the ruthless aggression era but i feel like where his character was going was really like funny but like mean but like edgy and like i feel like that would have really uh been like the peak of of owen is a, a ruthless aggression angle and, you know, it's funny you say that because um, I said that Friday after watching the Brian Pilmo, Pillman episode. Oh, so, yeah. I go, what happens if he didn't pass away? Would I mean, granted, I compared him to The Rock. I said, would The Rock have gotten to the, his spot or um, would it have been Brett and Pillman? Because Pillman was in the Heart Foundation. He could have turned on Brett. Right. You know, it could have been Brett and, and Pillman. Um, you know, maybe Sean not get as big as he got. You know, it's a lot of what ifs you know um it's the same same thing with brett i mean with owen you 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 don't know what you you could have gotten and all the dream matches you could have gotten um you were talking era and like there's a lot of amazing careers that were cut short not because of injuries but because of like circumstantial shit like 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 bret hart's career completely doing a 180 because because of everything that happened uh uh, because of that, Davy oh, because Goldberg and, Goldberg kicked his Goldberg, fucking head into Goldberg, the yeah, Goldberg ruins his life. Yeah, and, uh, and yeah, but uh, but other guys too, like uh, like Sean, because of the because of the back thing. Mm-hmm. Although maybe that was for the best, because obviously he was he was at a, a, a it's like a thing. That, he could have been the one that was dead. Right, right. You know, then, yeah. but see, but you say that, and I feel like if Pillman, Pillman, same thing. Like uh, there would have been so many programs with him and Sean. Like that's a perfect. Uh, especially with that heat with the Heart Foundation and DX, like I feel like that could have been a way bigger thing. Yeah, um, you know, you touched on the Ken Shamrock um, Owen run. Uh, that was around the same time that Stone Cold and Owen had their their run, and the and the uh, the Stinger incident. Yeah, and I, I loved how WWF um, took that and it didn't keep it in house, and they ran a story off of that. Yeah, the, uh, I broke Austin's neck. Hmm. Cost uh, Owen three sixteen, so that's I, I I love those shit. Yeah, it, but, uh, it, they just grew off of that, and I think that's what it, it. Well, Austin was going up, but it just he skyrocketed after that. Yeah, which is yeah. crazy because he had to like. Well, see, that's another one that, that's uh, that's not really thought about as like being cut short because he still had like a run. But if you really watch TV and stuff like that, he's not he's not there as much after like ninety nine or two thousand. He's really not there. Um, but uh, but yes, I feel like uh, Pillman would have had that. I, I feel like Owen could have had a title run. Same thing, like ruthless aggression era, like like WrestleMania 17 timeline ish. I feel like there could have been. There's, imagine the amount of like contenders for like a world championship match in 2001 if all those guys were still alive. 
Pillman versus Angle. You have Owen versus Angle. You have something like this. And Owen actually, Owen actually wrestles Angle on a. I think they did like a house show or a dark match. Was, I think it was a Sunday Night Heat. I just saw the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, just saw the picture on Twitter the other day. Um, but you say, you know, you, you mentioned Angle. You know, everything. Like, can you imagine Brian Pillman against Chris Benoit on their primes? Yeah. Um, Owen and, and Benoit. Owen and Benoit, dude. Yeah, and yeah, yeah Owen could have did a bunch of crazy matches with them because i mean and owen and chris jericho all those all those possibilities yeah so i want to get your thoughts on what do you think owen's mindset was going through the montreal screw job you know he, he was put in a tough predicament yeah i feel like he's uh, uh the way people describe him i feel like he was that personality type that uh that that uh would just wanted both sides to be happy so like he was always just kind of like just complacent with it and also i think uh i think there was that and i i think the that was like in the same timeline as what happened with with austin with the in at SummerSlam. so i think he was he would because you hear those stories that uh owen never called owen never called steve and they were like really good friends and uh, mm-hmm. that kind of ruined it and uh, i feel like owen's the kind of guy that would take that to heart uh kind of and then that and then you mount on like the screw job thing. I think he was just, uh, he was just like kind of going through the motions sometimes. I feel like he still really loved it, but I feel like he started seeing that there were, uh, like it was making things happen in his life that, that are not worth it, you know? Right. It almost gives him like a, um, like an angel and devil on the shoulder. It's like the angel is, oh my gosh, they screwed my brother over. I have to follow him. The devil is, no, I don't have to follow him in going his wrestling career. I can make my own path. Now he's not in front of me. Yeah. And I feel like he, he wanted to do both, but again, the way, the way uh, his personality seemed, it seemed like that, uh, that, that would have, that would have hurt his feelings, just him doing that. Like he probably would have like put some sort of burden just on himself because he was doing a solo's career and Brett was, was out for a second and, and all the stuff that was happening with the family. And then on top of the, his like friendship with Steve and the, he, and the, and he had the, you know, he was one of those guys like uh, you hear about Bret Hart, you hear about Kurt Henning, and you hear about uh, Owen Hart being safe and so safe in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he had that rep, so like I think that that's even more uh, heartbreaking than somebody else that's maybe like had something happen in the ring and like just you know guys that are a little a little more careless. Not saying that they don't care. It's just that uh, it's just uh, when you go so long having that. It's almost like uh, if you're in a, in the ring with that guy, it, it takes a huge pressure off of you. Right, you know that you're going to communicate, you're going to take care of each other. So it's, dude, all that is 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 a big deal in in, the, in locker rooms. And I can only imagine in, in the locker room that people say was so cutthroat back then. Like I, that's yeah, yeah. It's um, it, you know, it's it, when you you talk to conspiracy theorists, you know, they always say X, Y, and Z happened because X, Y, and Z happened. Do you think? Granted, it was could have been a couple of years before, do you think the stinger for, for stunner in, um, incident put Owen in a, in a, in a predicament in like 96, um, 98 in like the blue blazer gimmick? Like, like, Hey, you ruined our longevity of our top star right now. Yeah. Years ago. Oh, I see what you're saying. That you that, they had him do that. Yeah. Like a hold a grudge kind of. I can't remember. I actually, that's, that's, uh, that's crazy. I thinking back, I, I've, I'm sure I've heard stories about what was behind the booking and, and what Owen uh, thought about that, 
because I know people said a lot uh, towards uh, towards like the the nineties, well, most of his career, but towards the nineties, um, Owen was very much a, just show up to the building and what do you got for me kind of guy. Like you you know he'll do anything, so it's just kind of like we'll throw this on Owen and we know it'll it'll at least go okay because he's a good great worker. So I don't know if that was a lot of just like bad a bad coincidence that he had to do that, mm-hmm. but um, but I feel like he was doing a lot. Even though he was just like, uh, give me whatever you got, I feel like he still had a hold on like how he wanted his character to be because he was doing a lot of unique things at the time, like on purpose. And I don't think there was somebody giving him that. I think like like the changing of the the outfit, the attitude, the kind of like talking shit to the crowd. It was uh, it was definitely something that he felt like he needed to do. I think. Right. Um, you also touched on uh, something that just came to me about uh, you know living with that stigma or wrestling with that stigma of. Uh, not being a safe worker or anything like that. Um, imagine how D'Lo Brown, yeah, you know, after the whole draws, you know. Um, He's another guy that I don't think we had a rep for, but I think he was a very safe guy. Yeah, it was just a fluke accident. Yeah. And, um, you know, draws suffered, yeah. you know. And um, that's another one that a career, you don't know what could have happened. Yeah, like I was super athletic, and I feel like they just kept doing him stuff because they didn't know how to use him. But I feel like one T would have been able to be more of a, a veteran. I feel like he would have been, again, ruthless aggression era draws, dude. Like, yeah, that's perfect for draws. <laughs> They're right up his alley. So, like, what what could have been, you know? So we, you know, we talked about you know the the, the blue blazer and on the um. That run, I hate that I used to like that gimmick because of what happened, but I, I, I did find it entertaining as a kid. That run that he was that he had as the Blue Blazer, it was so unique. Yeah, like it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. It was just very unique. Do you think? But it was, it was, it was what he was really doing. I mean, like if you watch it back, it's it's very comedic. Yeah, but like, uh, but you don't. But at the same time, it's it's. Like Jeff Jarrett puts that heat on it to where it's like you feel like it's 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 like because you're laughing but you're like they're they're really gonna kill each other at some point. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a weird uh, mix of of comedy with with like being it, you didn't see it as a comedy but it was pretty funny. It was definitely weird. yeah, um, you know. And getting back to um, our episode, we're talking about. Um, it, you know, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit, going to the night of the accident. Um, I've never, me personally, I've never seen any pictures or any documentation of the equipment that was being used, um, you know, or anything along those lines. Uh, and uh, his wife, Martha, touched on that they used a different kind of clip than what they're supposed to, you know, everything like that. So in this episode, it was very eye-opening because you never saw that. Right. Yeah, they, they don't go into uh, the actual logistics of it. And uh, I've also recently heard some other uh, uh, outlets for wrestling that, that have gone into like the, the details of it. They were like supposedly supposed to get Sting's guy from WCW, but it was a different person. It was a different company. And it was uh, that clip was like not foolproof. Like it wasn't like for what they were doing, they shouldn't have used that clip. And he could have like, they literally told him like, if you, if you even nudge it, like it might pop off. Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand why they would even, well, let's not do that. Like JR, JR had a, I listened to JR's podcast about it and um, he had the, like, I just couldn't find an argument around it. He was like, why did we do that? Mm-hmm. What, what, what was needed? Were the fans asking for that? Were the like, why did we even do that? 
especially when you just did two years ago, Shawn Michaels coming from the rafters, you know, yeah. on a zip line. Like, uh, yeah, like why? Like what was the like what? Even like when you hear about what they had planned, it's like who cares, dude? Well, really, like I would have rather you just came out to the ring and did something like. Yeah, Jr. was just like underneath the ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do the underneath the ring all the time. I don't, they and they were doing stuff like that. They were doing like the, the mass switches and who is it and stuff like that. So like I, I, I don't get why he had to do that. But um, and I don't think he felt comfortable. Like uh, people, I, I think after that, like the rig being different and all that stuff. Like I don't think he felt comfortable doing it, which really sucks because that even more more proof that he was that personality type where you're just like, well, I, I, I'll just get through. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what's um, fascinating to me is Jim Cornette speaking about the incident, and you know how much I love Jim Cornette, um, but hit, watching him get emotional about it, and that people were saying in the front row that they can hear Owen falling and yelling "Move" to get out of the way. He knows that his life is going to end or his career is over. He wants to save other people's lives. Yeah, the re- the ref was like heard that, and then he like fell behind him. Yeah, yeah. you know, and then you talk about the stigma of <clears throat> being safe in the ring, um, and you know, in the in in that mindset that you have to go in, you know, after like, can you imagine the people that were in the ring when that happened? When Owen, you know, the people just the ref, the the I, I think King ran over there, and yeah, the King was like, he's he's gone, but uh, yeah. And then they had to keep the show going. Yeah, yeah, nuts. And you, uh, you definitely like. Obviously, they because uh, I, I have uh, recently in the past couple of years, I was rewatching TV, uh, like lining it up together, uh, Nitro and Raw from '97 on. Um, and I got to that uh, that's that part of the year, and I watched the pay per view. Obviously, they cut. Obviously. Oh yeah. Uh, but dude, you could definitely tell like there's a it's 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 a huge like shift in the. It's, because they had like three huge, like it was like right before the main event. So all the main events had to, and, and nobody wanted to go on and, and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, well, how can you, you know? Yeah. It's, it's you know. <clears throat> but, um, oh, sorry. I have a cough. I have a sword, you know, a little frog in the throat there. <clears throat> um, you know, and it's the family atmosphere after that has to be. It, it it it's not there like the mentality of you know with the way martha picked up everything and the way she's portrayed in this episode was kind of weird and off-putting to me um she was like portrayed as like the snobby bitch right right like she was like ah wrestling ruined like like you no know, it ruined her life yeah it, it, <laughs> it did like you know it, and that's like another thing like i was talking about is you never got her side of the incident um, and when she started pulling out documents and the pictures and everything like that, it was almost like breaking the fourth wall down. Yeah. You know, and um, it, it, you just didn't see that. And you can see that from the stories from the WWF, WWF standpoint and then her standpoint, how they just didn't line up. Right. 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 They, no, they were trying to, um, and it's funny that we were we were we were uh, debating on uh, talking about Brian Tillman as well, and, and we brought it up a couple of times. But we will have that episode for you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's almost like a it's almost like the same thing because because you went through the same thing where they, they, they put his wife on TV. And she was also part of sketches like like it's it's always I've always cringed at moments like that. Like I mm-hmm. I never even as a kid I felt 
bad that wives or like sisters or anything like that if it's a shoot like if it's if, if it was just a cast thing but i'm talking about like like families bringing brought in because it's it is a very different environment and it, it is a very uh it's a production environment so they want to get the best out of what they can get and it's very uh it becomes a very selfish environment which sucks like and, and i think that speaks to the point you're trying to make is how they painted her to be like like oh why is she so mad like she should be like right 100 yeah you know and you were talking about the you know the brian pillman and his wife's interview and everything like that and you know, there's always the saying in wrestling, what is it? Shoot the work, don't work to shoot. Yeah. Uh, um, that was a real shoot emotion that his yeah. wife was given. And it was just a day after, yeah. you know, her husband died. And, you you know, you talk about the, you know, I know this, we're going to talk, you know, we're going to jump ahead. We're this is a snippet of the Brian Pillman episode. But Vince asked her, is there any questions you want me to stay away from? And she said, don't talk about drugs. And it's the first question that he asked. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's... It, and, that, it, and again, that, that, that shows you the, uh, the selfish side of it because he wants that reaction. And, and he also, it's a, that, that was always like a two-edged two sword uh, or double-edged sword back in those days because the news was so ready to jump on wrestling for any little thing like that. So like, uh, so like he was trying to just collect, dude, this is not, we didn't give him, like, I, I get why he was doing it. Mm-hmm. There was, like, there's always other ways to do it. And uh, I feel like for for what, dude? For for wrestling fans to remember that? Like, why do I need to remember that? Right. The same thing with Owen, dude. Like, why? Like, 20, it's been 20 years. I don't need that. I have plenty of great wrestling members. I don't go, oh, I remember when Brian Pillow's fucking poor wife was interviewed. Or, like, when Owen, my favorite wrestler... <laughs> like like yeah why do i need that why like it's so like why go that dude there's no need for that yeah and um with martha i think it's um she's just not misunderstood she's just not understand understood because of the fact that she's going up against a conglomerate she's going up against a billionaire you know and she can have all the evidence in the world and she's not going to win anything. Yeah. And, and I love how her son and herself, they're so pull, pulled back from the wrestling world. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of that family now for obvious reasons, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, I, I, I mean, I, I like that because for her, like, I feel <laughs> like if her kid wanted to like try wrestling shit, that would just absolutely ruin like, like, uh, cause you hear stories about like uh, Stu Hart's wife, like Helen Hart, that never Helen Hart, right? Yeah. Uh, that she she never liked wrestling. She's, no. Like, imagine having all of your kids and like, dude, look at this like Kennedy esque family of wrestlers. It's just like, dude, like to be in that situation sucks. <clears throat> like, I mean, who had the worst luck when it comes to wrestling family and, and deaths? Von Erichs or, or the Hearts? Von Erichs or no? So Von Erichs will win that <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, but it's close. It's damn near close. You know, uh, I think was it Bruce Hart um, passed away um, at a fairly young age. Uh, Owen, Jim, uh, Davy Boy. You know, just that whole. Yeah, you know, and Brett. Brett's not all there. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's dead, but he's not all there. Do you think that's because because uh, uh, that's Goldberg induced, or is that? Uh, is I think that it's part of it. I think it's part of it. I mean, I'm, I'm not a 
Conrad theorist, um, but oh yeah, well I mean, rightfully so. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's making money for her people. Yeah, I mean, Bret Hart takes that kick, and then he continues to wrestle. Yeah, with a major concussion, or even what was or even ruthless aggression, Bret Hart, dude. You imagine a arrested, like, like. All right, I need one last run in me, Bret Hart, in the like 2000 WrestleMania 17. Or again, could have been like it's already looked at as the best one, but it, it could have been a fucking. You ready for this one? Ready for this one? The Invasion Era, you have Bret Hart leading WCW, yes, and Owen Hart representing WWE. I just, I almost passed out while you were saying <laughs> like, I mean, you just, I, I think if he, if. This episode's a bunch of what ifs. Right. You know, what if Owen didn't pass away? But what if Brett didn't get hurt? Dude, that's funnier than thinking about what actually happened. Because look at like like I said, like why would I want to think about these awful TV moments? When I'd rather mm-hmm. think about what I mean. You know, wrestling's uh, wrestling is is all half in the half in the booking. How would you have you ever? I don't know. Yeah, ninety percent of the booking. It's, yeah, it's. Um, it's ninety percent uh, booking, five percent creative, and five percent physique. Yeah, there you go. You know, um, and somehow the five percent physique makes more money than all the rest of it. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's some people out there that have a massive physique and they are not talented at no, all. Dude, and and then you, that's funny. Like you think about that, and you think of like. I've always thought about that about like uh, Vince. Like it's 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 a well-known thing that people say Vince always. Uh, that's why WWF had the guys that they did. These gigantic dudes. These like big behemoths that could just beat the crap out of each other in the ring. Mm-hmm. And time and time again, really, the guys that you would get burned by, and you pump up the you you promote this huge jack dude, and he just comes to the ring, and then and uh, as they say, then the bell rings, and it's what am I watching? Like what a uh, Brackus here, Brackus. I was just gonna say Brackus, Brackus, Kozlov. And Ryan Mitchell has a match with Kozlov on a Superstars episode. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, it's uh, there's so many, there's so many, there's there's just so many, and it's like why? Do and he's never gotten away from that that mentality, dude. Because like even when uh, like you talk about ruthless aggression, when those guys came in, when like Jericho, Benoit. And even Owen, like Owen, probably part of a small percentage of the reason why he was never even considered for a title, also was because of his size. Like I already got Brett that's his size. Why am I going to do that? I mean, right? Like, but it's always burned him. And then they 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 did the same thing with the cruiserweights when they first came in, and they had these they had these perceptions that the the fans aren't going to care. And 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 every blue dude, uh, Rey Mysterio winning the Royal Rumble, Rey Mysterio going to WrestleMania is, is one of the greatest moments in wrestling history. Eddie Guerrero is, is the greatest, if not, like, I'm, it's on people's Mount Rushmore's. It's, it should be on most people's number ones. If, mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah. It's, you know, and... Um, Chris Benoit, we're not allowed to talk about Redacted, well, but he's yeah. also uh, this, the small guy that, that just tore it up, Chris Jericho. Uh, I'll give you a couple more names so you forget about the fact that I just said Chris Benoit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All the cruiserweights, Hoovy, uh, uh, Psychosis, guys like that. Uh, even now, uh, uh, Ray Phoenix. Uh, I mean, guys, guys that size now get their due. Obviously, they're, they're very well uh, deserved. Uh, 
respect for what they do. But uh, and not just on TV. I mean, we got some of the indie guys, you know, like oh, yeah. J.K. Patrick, Sebastian Cage, or um, Sebastian Cage, uh, Will, you know, Will Will Austin. I was just going to touch on Will Austin. Um, you, you know, it, it, I I don't think the size mattered too much when it came to um, the WCW invasion um, because the first WCW match when the bell rang, that was the end of WCW. Oh yeah. You know, well, you knew they weren't going to get, I mean, they had to for obvious reasons. So like it, it wasn't, it wasn't always one of the, it was a very predictable angle. Mm-hmm. I think in the way they did it with like making WWF guys go kind of, they kind of mix it up was, was helpful. But uh, again, I think uh, I think people would look back on it a lot more fondly if a lot more names that we mentioned were, were still around. All right. So wrapping up the show, give me your reaction and overall rating of this episode of the Owen Hart uh, Dark Side of the Ring. We got one to ten. What are we doing? You, you can do an, a number scale and a quick um, overview of what you thought of the show. Um. I think uh, uh, I'll do one uh, one out of five. I'm going to give it the top rating anyway, five. Uh, literally, uh, the only other episode that I, that I really, really like uh, was, uh, I mean, I like all of them, but that, that I like this much uh, was the Von Erickson Owen Hart. Uh, mm-hmm. but, um, but the Owen Hart episode, I, I watched these things because they're not attached to the company. So they can, they can do, go into depth. They're not going to insult my intelligence and cut it out just because they don't want to just talk about it. Like I, I, I love the, the full disclosure. Let me see this. Let me see both sides. I love that they gave it, even though they, they painted Martha in, in, in a light that obviously documentaries sometimes do, but, uh, but I love that she was there. I don't care. I, I can form my own opinion anyway, whether you paint her like a dick or not, I, I right. have my side of it. So I think it was great that she got her and to say her piece and, 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 and be mad about it. Like, don't not, don't smile at me and show me these photos. Like, yeah, dude, it sucks. It didn't have to happen. Right. Um, I think my uh, overview on it obviously is a, is a number, is a five. Uh, but the credit has to go to these, the, the producers of this show. Every episode um, has gone so in depth. Uh, you know, you talk about the Von Erics, you know, they got the Bruiser Brody, the death of Gino Hernandez, the you know, new Jack, you know, they had to dig and, and and research and everything like that and everything they put they put out and everything they edit together it flows so well and this episode has no exception it is i mean perfectly timelined perfectly written perfectly narrated just everything um and like you said you didn't you don't get that in most documentaries you know you don't get that when oh, it's tied to a company it's like yeah. even, even most ones that, that aren't attached to the company anyway, like they don't, it's like they pick and choose. It's like almost like watching wrestling document, like a, a wrestling book documentary. Like, tell me what is happening. And like, like I said, like uh, you, you talked about uh, the Dark Side of the Ring producers. I think, uh, I mean, you could tell when they're painting people in, in certain lights and they have to do that. Uh, uh, being from a production background, I understand that. And, and mm-hmm. people need to make their own opinions. But, uh, but um but they do a great job of like showing you and not shitty reenactments. The thing I love about the show so much is the creative way that they do the reenactments. Cause it's not mm-hmm. obvious. It's obviously not the person, but it's lit cool and it's different and it's not cheesy. And like, dude, it's a, it's a hundred percent better of a way for a wrestling fan to watch a documentary. 
Right. You know, and that's um, <clears throat> the, the last thing. And I, I just thought about it. Um, have you seen any of the new A&E documentaries? I watched the Stone Cold one and I believe. What, what were the other ones? Uh, Macho Man. I watched the Macho Man one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like okay. that. Now, how do you compare the Macho Man Dark Side of the Ring to the A&E? I thought the Macho Man uh, Dark Side, uh, the A&E did the thing where uh, it was a little light, lighter hearted. It didn't go as deep. Uh, I felt like a, uh, Dark Side of the Ring obviously had a, had a responsibility to go into the Miss Elizabeth thing because that's the elephant in the room. And mm -hmm. the stuff that you don't really hear about Macho Man because he's such a colorful, fun, and he's such a great part of everyone's childhood. Like, like a multiple generations. I mean, even if you grew up in the 2000s, you know who Macho Man is. So like, he, well, he had a rap album. He had a rap album. He had three minutes of plate time. And uh, yeah, dude. So like, you know Macho Man, but like, he was, he was a person. He was, mm -hmm. uh, he had something going on. But, uh, but yeah, so I liked that they did that. And I felt like the A&E one was more uh, WWE produced where I'm watching fun Macho Man, like the, the journey of his career, basically. Right. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm a grown man. I'm not a kid anymore. I don't need to buy a Macho Man toy. I, I just want to hear the story. <laughs> no, for sure. Well, that's a wrap. It's a wrap, dude. But we have to figure out something else to do for the ending because you're not going to say something stupid. I don't say something stupid. Hmm. What can we do? I don't know. Do we, you just want to say something stupid? Oh, <laughs> 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 well, we can't. Oh, well, it would be yeah. a you, it, it would be a dick movie if I Facetime Joe and had him do it. That'd be funny. That would. But it would be a dick move though. <laughs> it, would be, it would be. No, we won't do that. Give it, no, uh, we'll do something else. Fuck. We should have thought of this. We went through the episode pretty well. We should have thought of the goddamn ending. Yeah. We'll just play all of this. I won't edit it out. <laughs> uh, oh, well, that's it. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, dude. On our first episode together. First app. Uh, coming next, let's say uh, let's say the next one will be the Brian Pillman one. Uh, right on. Right and, on. Uh, and we'll go do that. And uh, if you guys like this, we'll put this on Spotify as well. Mm -hmm. And like and subscribe. World Paradox Podcast. M and J Ecological. CCWFL. And uh, that's thanks. it. That's it. See ya. Laters.